of the Pixel and Roll Show, where we discuss the best basketball team north of the equator, your Washington Wizards. It is Tuesday, October 27th, 2015. It is Wizards Christmas Eve. Christmas Day is around the corner. That means that the Wizards are starting their campaign, their season. My name is Adam McGinnis from Truth About It. With me today, Mr... Truth about it himself, uh, Kyle, I die, you die, we all die. What up, bro? Mr. McGinnis, it is a Tuesday night in the nation's capital, and I literally have no complaints. The NBA season just started. Um, as we saw, the Bulls took down LeBron and the Cavs in the first game of the season. And although we're checking out a tight 3-3 three to three World Series game right now, we know the Warriors and the Pelicans are playing right now So uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, the Wizards play. They open up the season in Orlando tomorrow, and I think it's it's good that the preseason is over, and I'm ready to, to see what this what this team is made of, how they have grown up without Paul Pierce, and how they play in this new offensive system. Yes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited. Well, uh, first of all, we're coming live from my abode here in the uh, Mount Pleasant uh, neighborhood in the heart of the nation's capital, for those wondering. Before we get into this, uh, let's just talk about ourselves. Uh, how was your weekend, Kyle? What's new? What's new in your world? The weekend, the weekend was nice. It involved. It was, it was a little routine, but it was. I think routine is sometimes good, especially when you're living in the city. Um, little basketball, little walking outside, some football watching. Um, you like that? You like that? Yeah, I, I do like that. Kirk, Kirk is Kirk is a cousin. Uh, yeah, the Redskins. Uh, is at the local watering hole in D.C., a little plug to Ventnor's, which is uh, the sort of go-to sports bar uh, in Adams Morgan. But I was there with a couple friends, and we checked out the, the Redskins come back, and we stayed there the whole time. And it was, you know, it was it was good to see. Now, and Kirk Cousins, he's, he's sort of a house. He, live, he lives now. for another week. He lives he for, another, lives week. for <laughs> another week. Yeah, so they have T-shirts going off one saying... <laughs> And next, like next week, people will be piling on them. It's oh. a Patriots, oh, yeah. Well, oh, they have a bye week. Yes, then after yes. that, two Patriots, weeks. So. Actually, what a good week to have. Uh, can you imagine if, if if Tampa scores a touchdown at the end or he throws that one pick, what this this, this week would have been like? I guess that's what football is it, like, you know? It's a catch-22, though, because we don't have to hear Redskins fans bitching, but also the Redskins will still, I guess either or, they'll overshadow the Wizards, and that's just how it is in this town for – the foreseeable future. I mean, there might be one day where the Wizards are the more relevant team, but they start tomorrow, and that's who we're here to talk about. Yeah, I think it's good in the sense that the Redskins, they have a good victory. This town will chill till you know, they probably get pounded in the New England, and then the Caps have had a fast start, and now the Wizards are about to start, and <coughs> it's a good DC. It's like <coughs> the Redskins get a, get a pause, so now the focus can be on, I don't know, two teams that are actually better for this franchise. Exactly. Uh, my, my weekend, thanks for asking, was uh, I ran a 10K at the, the Marine Corps Marathon. Uh, I, I suffered uh, through it, and somehow my, my training, which existed of uh, picklebacks and bullets, uh, bullet risky and you know craft beers and maybe too many parliaments, 
you know, I finished in 53 minutes in six miles, Kyle. And I somehow, I don't recommend that training regimen, uh, but I did finish and it was a cool experience. Uh, I can't imagine running 20 more miles of, of a marathon. I just ran the 10K. Uh, a funny, funny side note after the, after the race was over and I was just got done with the beer tent and headed to brunch with my friend, uh, run in, run a guy, guy says, Hey Adam, what's up? Uh, hey, how was your race? I look over, I'm like, did I used to work with this guy? Like, how does he, how does someone recognize me? I got a stocking cap, the beard's flowing, you know, you're, sweaty. You're exhausted, looking. Yes, full, calves are screaming. McGinnis mode. And then all of a sudden I look over and I'm like, Tommy Shepard is vice president, number two in charge of the Wizards with his, with his kids and just got on with the race and very cordial, very nice. And he ran the race himself. He ran right the race with his, with his children. He says he does it every year. And, nice. you know, we, we shot the, uh, shot the ship for a little bit. And, uh, it was, it was just good to be recognized as a human being by, by sometimes as an employee of the wizards, because, you know, shout out, not that all don't, but as in, you know, the gadflies that we are and this criticism and stuff we do, we don't, we don't work for the team. And sometimes I can see why they wouldn't like us per se, because we're not saying nice things about their job. But uh, it's good to see that he, you know, looks at us like a human being. And I think they right. do professionally respect us in a way. Well, by the way, how was your weekend? No, I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, I, I also went to, uh, you know, drank too much and uh, to a speakeasy. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, but, let's... Well, but, but to your point, I mean, I think ultimately you can't be someone who's leading a franchise, one of 30 entities in this multi-billion dollar business without having some thick skin and sort of getting the, the yes. media process. Um, so, yeah, that's that's cool. I think Tommy Shepard is a guy who has a background in sort of the, the media and PR world. So he's the one who gets it, and he's number two in command to the Wizards. And so, yeah, it was good of both of you to, 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 do, to, some, uh, to do some running on a, on a gray <laughs> October day in the district. So Yeah, it was uh, – yeah, we ended up in Virginia, but yes, we, we did start. Yeah, no, I, uh, what's, what's kind of funny about the story to, to end it is I've never really said that much negative about Tommy. I've always actually said, like, someone, you know, I felt like maybe he should, has earned maybe a chance to get a new job and, and have commitment, him and Grunfold, which I know in, in Wizards Land is, is hard to give any praise towards Coach Ernie because uh, that's not really allowed. You also but. never know, like, who else is giving advice? And, you know, Grunfeld, the guy at the top, obviously takes the brunt of any blame of things that go wrong. But now, you know, we're here to talk about a team that is aiming for its third playoff run in a row. So we have to give we have to give them a lot of credit for turning. Like, yeah. when, we thought, when the Gilbert Arena stuff came up recently and, like, Karan Butler's retelling and Gilbert's retelling it, you, can, you think, like, oh, man, that, that wasn't that long ago. That's, no. like, less than five years ago, and here's how fast this franchise has turned around. So, yeah, there there's, has been some negative pixels surrounding this team, but I think, you know, looking forward or looking right now, um, they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and I think if you look at also say the T Wolves or the Kings, <laughs> or the, you know, look, they haven't turned themselves around. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they were in the same boat that the Wizards have been in, perennial losers, and and the Wizards have, and so you have to actually assign some credit now. Obviously. Yeah, now the Kings <laughs> had had their run with, of course, Chris Webber, which yes. was provided to them by this very franchise. So that's you know maybe the Kings is a little bit more sensitive subject, but uh, to your point. They've turned this thing around rather quickly. And so uh, we've just seen a preseason. Yes, let's talk preseason. Let's get they, into it. It was, I think, the biggest takeaway from preseason is seeing. What was the like, record? I don't know. <laughs> 
four and two. Three? No, it's four and three. Seven games, four and three. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the takeaway was their commitment to playing small and how like oh okay Chris Humphries is starting okay he's not exactly a small ball guy but suddenly he's shooting threes because we know or we knew he was a very efficient long two point shooter now he's helping spread the court and the other lineups they've played unfortunately you know I'm a big fan of lineup data and in five man units and how which guys like work well together on the court. Unfortunately, that was not available as it usually is from NBA.com. I think you could have certainly gone through each play-by-play box score and figured that out. But we, I, so we couldn't fully digest all the different lineups that Whitman has tried out. But I think that's why I'm excited for the regular season to see like, okay, they've committed to small ball in the preseason. Let's see that in effect in the regular season and how that ultimately measures out and, and how this team adjusts that. Yeah, I mean, also if you if you go back into the two games, I think that they've had since uh, we had this podcast, the Heat, for example, the starters kicked their ass, and the Heat went, <laughs> went with their starters at the end, so the Heat ended up winning. I didn't even see the game in Montreal. I don't think it was even covered. At, yeah, it, it, I figured out later it was on League Pass, and I didn't have mine fully connected, okay. and so I, I was going to go back and watch. I went back and like watched first quarter, but so it's hard to really, even if you had the five man units, to be like there's such a small sample size yeah. to see what was happening with people going out. But I, but I do agree that the that the number one storyline has to be the offense for the preseason, uh, coming from the 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 slogging of the two-man game and, and the, the high and low posts and to really them embracing it. And then let's get some, we do have one stat, and it is the Wizards had the best offense of the preseason. And, right. and, yeah. and what you can say, and, and I think that I saw something last year uh, that there was something about the Warriors, how the Warriors just kicked everyone's ass last preseason. And you forget the preseason. Same with football, because I guess it doesn't really matter who was top and low in preseason. Same with spring training and baseball. But then there was stuff that people pointed out. I mean, they weren't making the argument for the Wizards. They were just saying how the Warriors last year, their offense, they, they sh- there were signs right away in the preseason. Now, I'm not saying the Wizards going to do what the Warriors did last year, but there is a, a proof that there was a carryover from it, what they showed. Data. Right? There is data. And our, our, our friend, our good friend Jake Whitaker from Bullets Forever put together sort of a, a bulleted list, if you will, of, Wizards preseason prowess and stats, and again, you know, who knows what it means because you're playing, you're not playing your main guys, but it goes to show the team style of play. So the Wizards had the highest offensive rating, they led in assists, they like led in fast break points. So they are showing this commitment to running more, to shooting more threes, to spacing the court. The ultimate question, it's you know, the big biggest takeaway is the small ball play. That just leaves the biggest question is. Will the defense be able to adjust to the style of play going into the season? And it might, you know, we have to give it a little bit of adjustment period. We have to understand that that's going to happen. So if the Wizards start off maybe like five and five, you can't, you know, people can't like jump on the system or the change in the system and, and that soon. So we just have to keep that in mind as the Wizards get into this regular season. No, I think that that'll be something to really uh, look look at moving forward is, is is Mr. Randy Whitman and some of his quotes. And, and he doesn't tell you how it's how it is, but you can parse him. You can parse how he's feeling. He, he tells it how it is. He's not going to tell you how he's thinking, <laughs> but he's going to really tell you how it is. And you will see how 
he is. I think he gave a quote yesterday how everyone loves all this offense, but if we don't win, no one's really going to give a shit about this offense. Yeah, we entertain, but everyone cares about winning. So it'll be, right. and, and I've also read a couple of comments about, and we'll get into some of this prediction, some of the national media or national things that the uh, pundits and procrastinators have, have had for this team is a lot of it is they just don't still buy that Randy Whitman's going to stay with us. That any yeah. first sign, uh, it, it, any first sign. We should go into those predictions. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so, but my other one, I think, two of the preseasons is no injuries. No, no injuries. injuries. Yes. No Bradley Beal didn't get hurt. No major injuries. Some hiccups. That and 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 there was a Wizards employee. I was at a, a an event earlier, and he basically was like, "That's all." He's like, "To me, that's what the preseason is." He said, "As long as no one gets hurt, that's that." To me, that is the one takeaway that you want of, the, of that. Uh, keys to the regular season, Mister Mister Cali guy. Yeah, yeah. I think we. The real games, like the real ones, the big ones are over. I'm done talking about coming. The questions are going to be answered if they can play the defense we just talked about. And they, they do need to get off. It'll be interesting because they start, I think we've discussed before, three games and four nights. So we have Wednesday you know, in Orlando, Friday in Milwaukee, then home opener on Halloween night against the Knicks. And not that that's like a murderer's road lineup, but how they sort of display – themselves in these first couple games and then gain confidence is the key to, to how this regular season will go. I mean, maybe not the key. I mean, like I said, we, they can get to a slow start and figure it out, but I think they need they need to know that the system they've been working so hard on works. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the key will be, you know, obviously the offensive system like we discussed, and we're going to beat this system to a drum because it is something new. It is, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't make-believe, like this is happening. <laughs> but last year, the defense was number fifth in defensive rating. Whitman has installed a defensive system that has basically turned this, turned this whole kind of franchise. We just mentioned why is this? Why has this team had success? What has been the backbone of the success? And it has been the defense. He has defensive linemen. There's no doubt, and all the credit I do give to him, and I do give to front office bringing more defensive in, but I also. Defensive-minded players in, but also you know basically getting rid of McGee and Blotch and and Nick Young, but 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 also like getting women to have those people buy in to the defensive system, and and they have and they have produced results. They have played a physical brand of basketball. They have harassed them. They have they have done limited field goal percentages. They were fifth last year, like I said, defensive uh, rating, but they were 20, 22nd in offense. So to me. How much do they give each way, right? Like, like, like we just said, like, hey, man, they're they're coming out of the gates hot. I'm already comparing them to Golden State last year in some capacity. We think that this offense can be top 10, top 15, right? If they run it the way they do, I mean, there's no doubt that they can be a top 10 offense, correct? Yeah, Whitman said himself to get to take that next leap that the Wizards have to improve on offense. So they're making a drastic change, and – you're right, the defense has to balance out. Now, they may slip a little bit in the rankings, but they're capable, especially because John Wall and Bradley Beal are leading that defense as sort of the, the guards out there, and they're capable of being very good defensive players. I think each in preseason said, like, oh, I want to be on the all-defensive team or whatever. I know so Beal Beal has made yeah, that comment. they have that in mind. So I think if, if they really commit to it and, and playing that that – upper echelon defense on every play, that will set the tone 
for the rest of the team, and, and the Wizards will be okay in this offensive adjustment. So what do you, how much can they give? Okay, like I said, f- they're fifth in offense, twenty or fifth in defense, twenty second in offense. How much can they give either way? They've got to be a top eight ranked in both. defense. Eight, and, eight in defense for sure. Yeah, right? and if they improve to maybe top fifteen, like you say, in offense, that that's going to be a step. So that, teens, so teens. Know, yeah, in the teens, early teens, early teens. That that's something that could get them into the Eastern Conference Finals. Correct. How about another key that I, I feel to the regular season is home and away. You know, because because you know we want them to win fifty games because <laughs> that's still the the. The benchmark has been 50 games. The fact that they have not won 50 games since 1979. Correct. Correct. The year after they won the championship. So we have, we're now... The year they won the title, they only won 44 games. So we're now on the, th- one, the third and a half, three and a half, almost four decades yeah. without 50 wins. Yeah. I, I know it speaks to a lot, and we're not going to get into why that is. But yet, so that means go 30-11... At home, okay, and then and then go 20, 20 and twenty one on the road. Yeah, there's fifty right there. Yeah, so yeah. so can they go sixty seven percent? Play win two thirds of their games at home, and basically go go five hundred on the road because last year they were twenty nine twelve at home. So basically, I'm just saying they got to win one more game, but they were seventeen and twenty four. Uh, they should aim for five hundred on the road, uh, but here's the thing and. Even if with people talking bad about the East, it's not going to be as bad as people think from you know the the bulk of the conference. Um, so it's not going. It's not just like oh the Wizards are in the East; they should automatically get you know be five hundred on the road. I don't think that's as much of a factor, but that is still a goal that they should you know try to achieve. Try to achieve. So, how about from a player standpoint of the season? Do you see anything keys? Um, I think it's going to continue to be Otto Porter's coming out party. I, you know, people heard about heard about him in the playoffs a lot because he stepped up, um, but now he is filling in for Paul Pierce. And so I think while you see a lot of pundits picking sort of against the Wizards, not necessarily against it, they just they think you know a lot of people think the Raptors are going to automatically be better, the Bucks are going to be better. Yeah, um, the Raptors who they swept. Yeah, right? exactly. And and I think swept, not just let be yeah, like swept, kicked their ass, swept them. And they got and they added Demar Carroll, and then the Wizards basically lost Paul Pierce, even though Porter played well against them. Yeah, and and so people are <laughs> sort of in their mind losing Paul Pierce was, was this big deal, which as you know, Paul Pierce was great, but you know the defense is actually going to improve without Paul Pierce yes. a little bit, like we talked before. But it's all about the. Player, player-wise, will Otto Porter continue to make the progression? What we've seen in the preseason, he's he's there, he's cutting, he's more confident dribbling, he's continuing to work on his pre on his uh, three-point shot in the preseason. So I think he's he's one of the main keys to filling in. And of course, it's we know what Wall can do, we know what he's ready to do. It's will Beal stay healthy and really commit to being the player he can be, someone who could just kill the three-point shots and someone who can get to the free-throw line like he did a lot in college. Yeah, I think, I th- to me, I'm not going to say it's the key or the instrumental thing, but Humphreys and Dudley, I believe, their play at the four, because to play yeah. this style, they have to, they can't be bad at, at this small ball. they got to be able to hit the three. got to be able to still rebound in defense because, like we said, we mentioned earlier, 
where women will kind of maybe think about going back to the two bigs because now they're not hitting threes, now they're losing on rebounding and suffering on defense. And I, I think the women will, uh, I think it will commit more. I think he's all in on this. But but when you're not winning games, and he'll be like, all right, who's the, who's the best five? He'll roll out some practice. And so Dudley and Humphreys to me are key. That, that they Dudley has to get healthy, and then Humphreys has to be able to continually hit that three and be able to yeah. adjust his style from being in the league his what twelfth year here in the league, and I think that he's shown a little bit. He, I mean, he what, he made more threes in the preseason than he made his whole Ted Levin career, career. Yeah. and so and he I think he'll still be able to play his ball his game, but we can't allow like to go super small with like heavy minutes of auto at the four. Yeah, and yeah, I don't, I don't right. think that's and conducive. It's, it's I don't think that's conducive because who else is going to be that four right now aside from those two dudes, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right about... It's an interesting thing about Wizards playing a quote-unquote small ball is that Humphreys is actually a big. Like, last year we considered him a big. <laughs> yes. and so it's, you're still starting, like, a big guy who can rebound and, yes. and do, you know, mix it up inside. Uh, you know, defense, he's okay. okay. But the difference is that he's now shooting three-pointers. But of course, yeah, you're right. We've seen lineups where, like, essentially Otto and Kelly Oubre are the three and four. Now we don't expect that to see that a lot in the in the regular season. Maybe early, since you know a couple guys are still injured trying to come back. Um, but you're right. They, they they don't have a lot of. I guess Humphreys is the, is the only small, quote unquote big guy who can shoot threes. The rest of it is Dudley who's playing up at a four position, or Allen Anderson who's playing up, or Scott totally. Porter who's still skinny playing up. So. Uh, the the fact that they actually lack depth at a true stretch big four stretch position, four right? Is they have wings who can play the stretch four, but the bigs who can play the stretch four, um, they lack depth in. So we'll see how that balance works out. Totally. Now, as for the predictions of the season, uh, I'll just give you the list of what people are out there because people love the data now. So a lot of these are data based. The running mo- you know, modules based and- on historical data of things that have already happened. <laughs> That is key. Future data. That's that's that is true. Uh, I'm a big stats guy, but I'm just I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, I I agree. I mean, I think that I love people when they give arguments of of the stats, but then sometimes your your eye test is different. So I think there's always a balance. But sometimes these people make these absolute arguments with stats that there's no other way. And like last year, you think anyone would think that the Warriors had the number going to have the number one best offense and the one defense in the league and win sixty games? No one wrote that. No one's models said that or percentages. Or no one right? predicted the Hawks winning 60 games. That was even no, more 60, surprise yeah, than Golden State. That is that is correct as well. Right. Uh, the point forward blog I found has the Wizards uh, 38 to 43 wins. The Nyland Calculus blog, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that, 42 to 46 wins. 538, the ESPN blog, has the Wizards straight up 41 and 41. You, I think the Washington Post uh, stats guy had them at like 42 or 43 wins. By the way, they were 46 and 36 last year. So all basically all of them have them at the same or worse than last year. And we kind of thought they underachieved just a tad last year from what we thought that they would be. Because I think they're over their Vegas odds last year were like 48 before we uh, 48 or 49 before. Uh, right. Uh, Beal's injury, which I think maybe affected that a little bit. You have the Vegas numbers for this year. Tell the people uh, what, what, what what's Vegas? What are the, what well, the wise Las guys? Vegas, what the wise guys say about this team? The wise guys have set the over under number. Yes, forty five and a half. 
Wow, so lower from last guy. Nurses, should I put all my, my rent money on that? Or? Yeah, I, I would, <laughs> you know, I would pick the over, and it seems cool. we, we've... Don't we feel like they're going to have the same record from last year? Like, if they have the same record from last year, it's supposed to be a win? Like, to me, I think there'd be a disappointment if they had the same record last year. Right? I guess so. I mean, they're they're counting on other teams improving, and the Wizards just sort of maybe staying the same. Is it because of the um, Kevin Durant thing? They think that, that the Wizards aren't trying to win? I think there's there's a couple things Perception? that aren't really accounted for by either the predictions of Vegas or the national guys. One is Ramon Sessions. As you and I have talked offline, he, you know, people have a bad taste in their mouth from like his time as like anointed as like the guy to start for the Lakers to things. In like I mentioned, the 538 blog will I'll link to basically destroys him. Yeah, in that. And, and Says that he's terrible. The second news can be bad. It's all because he's going to shoot too much and he's going to be bad. And that is just and not the case. I haven't what seen, we've that. seen Even at the end of last playoffs year, without John sessions. without John Wall, they want to play the game which with sessions. They he competed can push with the pace. Yes, his. his crutch or, or, or Achilles heel or whatever is not being able to finish all the time at the rim. Okay, that's fine. But he can push the pace. He's getting fouled, though. And he's getting fouled. <laughs> Which is... And he shot 40% from three as the wizard last year. That is like... And he most of them were corner threes. So this is a guy you can put with John Wall. He's going to be a very good backup point guard. Neil's going to help the Wizards form one of those better backcourts of the, the you know backup backcourts of the NBA, as we've discussed. So one is not giving those guys think, enough credit. Think, Two is giving Paul Pierce too much credit, like the effect yes, of Paul yes, Pierce. Yes. And I know you're you're tired of yes, Paul Pierce questions. Questions. We've they're heard, almost man. over. We've they're heard. almost over. Yeah, you you asked. You <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, you, get you, we'll get to that. We'll get to But <laughs> so one is giving Pierce too much credit. The defense will improve without him. And the third is the third point that I, I don't think people are crediting. I think Nene is willing to adopt this new role off the bench. He can be the five. He'll get more offensive opportunities. He'll be in pick and pops. That'll help spread the court. Sometimes when they need to, they can run the offense out of Nene because he can pass. So I don't think people are giving these offensive adjustments enough credit for what that can do to the Wizards in their in their record and everything. I think Zach Lowe actually had a, on his blurb today actually said that, uh, made that point about how Nene wasn't that good in the post last year. There was too many post plays to him. Gortat doesn't get fouled as much and they ran so much into the post and so these numbers that maybe they're crunching are based upon those shots and those yeah. things and not seeing that 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 Nene on the second unit is not Kevin Serafin. Hopefully his fifteen footer is dropping because like last year we basically the only offense was if Beal was healthy and doing something and Kevin Serafin had something going in the post and that was kinda it for like these stretches of four or five minutes when Wall was getting a breather. And there really wasn't especially when Beal was hurt, there yeah. really wasn't anything else really going on the second unit. And now that if you have Nene maybe facilitating here and there, because he's a hell of a passer, and now he's going against against their backup bigs of a team, right? And and, and he's playing smaller, which we think is better for him, even though maybe sometimes his his divaness doesn't believe that, but I think that he is just what you mentioned is going to accept that role. That there will be a more of a plus for him in the second unit that he's giving credit for. I think is your point. And going back to the Ramon Sessions point, is he not the best player you think on the team to draw a foul right now? Like, like aside from Wall, aside from Wall, like to get to the free throw line. Like I just see. I don't know, man. I think Kelly Oubre is Kelly Oubre actually Kelly Oubre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, like so it's like. 
I think maybe there's a perception, and, and, and mostly maybe correct, is that you see someone go in and take some wild shot, and he doesn't get a foul, and it doesn't go in, yeah, or, or he misses a wide-open layup, and you're like, how the hell did he just do that? So you're like, this guy can't finish. And then all of a sudden, he gets fouled, and now all of a sudden, before you know it, he's 7-8 from the free-throw line. There's seven points, and and you know he's running the office, not taking – he doesn't take bad yeah. pull-up jumpers. Here's really. the deal. You can't – national media does not watch every <laughs> game of your local basketball team. The only this person I really – trust to have perspective is Zach Lowe. And so, you know, it's to an extent it feels silly to be like, oh, well, this is what national media person said about the Wizards when it's like you're arguing against someone who doesn't watch and pay attention to everything that you do. And not to, like, get on any sort of high horse, but it's hard to argue against someone who doesn't know as much. Mm-hmm. You know, so I – but that's fine. Like, some of this is data-based. It's, you know, it's – also, like as we said, based on data that will change because the Wizards, even if you look at some of the lineups when Nene or only Nene or only Gortat were the five, the Wizards weren't playing like they do now, like they have in the preseason when they're like trying to create more threes or drive more gaps to the basket. They're still sort of playing under an older or, or former offensive system when you play those guys as only the five. So. There's a lot to be seen out of this team and what they can do. I, I don't. I think this is going to be one of those drastic things. Like, so last year, um, and I looked at the 538 picks yes. from last year. They picked the Wizards to win 45 games last year. They won 46. So it's okay. It's about close. But to my point about the Hawks, they picked them to win 44 games. They won 60. <laughs> now we're not saying I don't know. My pick is for the Wizards to win 50 games. Yes. Um, so I don't know if they'll be just as crazy like the Hawks were last year because, you know, they still have a very unique situation with Budenholz and all that. But I think this this offensive change is that significant for Washington. Is there no – are they not accounting for Otto being good? I, and, Otto still has to prove himself. I that, agree. That's understandable. So, 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 and then they're not accounting for Beal being healthy? So, so it's basically it's like they're not counting those two things. and there's or, or even Nene getting injured. I mean, I guess overall you have to say, like, they are the Wizards. Everyone listening knows just got a visceral yeah. reaction listening they to this. They are like, the Wizards. So Wizards. There's, there's some yeah. so Wizards moment. Maybe I, I, I don't want to put no. I should not uh, put that down to be like, what's the so Wizards moment of the season uh, for predictions? They are the Wizards. What would so, be, what would be your so Wizards moment of the season? Is there any? Oh, uh, no, we're not going to even. Okay, no negative, no, all positive. No, we're all no, spring, not, spring's not eternal, a, fall's not eternal. Not on Wizards Eve. Not on Wizards Eve. I, I grew. I, my, my toys be the best toy all summer. My, my presents are going to be the best and greatest. So let's talk about predictions. Uh, we, you were, got something coming out on the site. Uh, predictions from we this. have our, our TAI staff predictions. Truth about it. 12, 12 staffers and sometimes contributors. Overall, I, we collectively pick the Wizards to win 50 games and 32 losses. So that's you know, wow. fairly we fi- positive. Finally hit the 50 mark. Yeah, 11, 11 out of 12 voters picked uh, the Wizards to get the over of 45.5. So the one... Our buddy Chris Thompson. He picked, he picked the under and contributor of Deadspin, contributor of yeah, Vice, he, he very good writer. All over Goes by Hawk. Great, yeah. Uh, shit Hawk, I believe. He, he generally yes. I hope um, you're listening to this, Chris. Yeah, I want to make so, you listen yeah, to it. Understandable that. Good but guy. I think, you know, we may be biased, but. Oh, I'm extremely biased. You know, I think they win more than they did last year, and I think they finally get that 50. 
I think I'm also biased, but I'm also really cynical too. I have like a combination yeah. of both. Like, we all. It's like you it's like what's bad? What's, what's, what's something goes bad that I'm like, ah, burn it all down. Everything yeah. sucks. It's all terrible. Now, now I'm like, yo, man, people are talking shit about my team. My team's gonna be better than what you're talking about. Yes. Like, what the hell? Like, like you're not giving us any credit. So I always, I always go between those two feelings of like, I, I'm like this disrespect, especially from national media or people that are uneducated, to like this woe is me. Oh my god, like we've seen so much disaster that I have dealt with being a fan of this team for so long that anytime any negative news I overreact. I think this is the, <laughs> this is what Stockholm is, right? Is that, I think that's an accurate definition. Oh, Kyla, so what did you pick? I, I picked 50 wins. So who picked the highest win? You, you picked the highest win. You, you tell, you say what you picked. Uh, well, you wanted to backtrack off well, that within hours. Yes, I, I, I did pick that they win 55 wins. I got, obviously, I got, I got really excited, like a, you know, a teenager watching his first porno. Uh, you know, hey, it's been, it's been a rough one. What I do remember when I was thinking about this, uh, when you set this around to fill out is I remember the first time I think I ever did this. One of the first things that maybe contributed to on your site in 2009 was to predict what they would win. And this is after they traded uh, the, the fifth pick, which everyone knows about talking right. about. So wizards, they got Mike Miller, Randy Ford, they're, yeah. they're all in. They got flip Saunders, you know, RIP flip. We're about to talk to you soon. Pour some, I'm about to pour some out on my carpet. And, I think I picked like 51 wins is what I picked. Yeah. And then they kicked the shit out of Dallas opening night, if you remember. On the road, dude. On the road. On the road opening night. I was just like, yeah, this is like this is going to happen. And they won 19 games. Correct? Yes. No? Was that 22? 26? Uh, no, they won 20, 23. something that year. 19 was, the, 19 was the year to get the fifth pick. My bad. Yeah. Yes. It was Deshaun Stevenson. Gilbert got injured. Uh, that was Eddie Tascott came in at the end. They fired Eddie Jordan after 09. So that was the 08 09 season. Uh, so after that, I every time we make predictions and everything, I always make sure to bring that up that like how shitty I was that 26 one. 26 wins. <laughs> and then uh, 19 and 63. The I, may, I may have accurately predicted the number of losses, but just had the columns switched up that year. So I'm, 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 I'm feeling very bullish on this team. Okay. Uh, and, and, and there it is. Do you. Do you feel that that this is a – would you move the lineup? I mean, you said everyone on the staff that comes to teams – so would you give the staff maybe two or three wins? So maybe it's 47-ish would be, should be the uh, line? What was interesting, like <laughs> early October, Bovada came out with the line, and both the Heat and the Wizards were at 45.5, tied for 12th highest – over under an NBA, and then they came out with the line of the uh, line on Monday, and the Heat had actually bumped up with Nats to forty six point five uh, in in win total. So I would that also feels right for the Wizards, you know, like yeah. it just, or may, you know forty seven wins. It, it, I don't know. There's a psychology of numbers working here, but forty seven and a half feels like where I would set the over under. Right. I would be like, oh, you know, maybe I'll still bet the over but i'm thinking a little bit more yeah. but you know right now i would i would bet money if if adam silver and ted leonsis had their way and sports <laughs> gambling were legal i would bet the over on the wizards bet the over on the wizards. all right we're going to transition to uh to a negative negative we're going to start some here it is the negative pixels i wish i had some music i do but i'm not going to play it this uh, is our, our bullet list of bull, bullet list to negative stories well, one, the first one's negative 
Yeah, I know. The rest aren't negative, but we have to start. Mr. Glenn Rice Jr., who I've defended multiple, multiple times on, uh, I thought he maybe got a little mini raw deal, Summer League MVP, uh, 2014, was uh, shot. On Sunday night in downtown Atlanta, in a drug deal gone bad. This is all still alleged. Alleged, true. Yeah. He was arrested. The charges are basically uh, he threw a gun and he, and he was caught with uh, almost a half a pound of marijuana, which I don't really give a shit about the marijuana. He was at Ti's restaurant. Supposedly, the reports have that there was an altercation inside the restaurant. It went outside to the parking garage. Then there was a gunshot. Rice gets shot. Gets gets then goes away in a Porsche. They find on the video that he threw a gun. That is un- it's, it's not a registered. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's, no no no. It's a it's a not a registered gun. It's a stolen gun from Tennessee that he that that this is also allegedly thrown uh, somewhere. So he was the only one charged. And then there was a bag found with money and marijuana, supposedly that he has his IDs in. <laughs> also, allegedly, uh, Rice was then go to a hospital. Uh, then he was then then ush- ushered to another hospital, which doesn't really make any sense. This is all in a police report. I'm not making any of this up. This is all in a police report. Kyle, what the what the fuck, dude? I don't I don't know the way. I like just, Glenn. The way he just ran down the incident report <laughs> has me confused, but. How's that one else get arrested? What is he thinking? Because he already had this gun charge. It's what got him kicked out of Georgia Tech early, and that's why he ended up being the first, you know, D League player drafted by the NBA or drafted into the NBA. But like, what is he thinking on this? This he just doesn't seem smart. I wish he knew better or really learned his lesson from the first. No, time. it didn't seem like he learned any lesson. And evidently, you know, the 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 they found the gun and he was shot. Whatever. That's bad enough and then like there was a bag near the car and so the police look in the bag and it's like he had like the weed and cash and his passport in the bag and like you're, you're putting your passport in the weed and weed and cash bag like what like this is just just a dumb move all along and he has no friends and, and nobody nobody around to be like yo do you what like why yeah, is he making just, drops why is he a, making drops like if you're making this drug deal thing. you're making a drug deal your dad is an nba like like nba you know, solid player, people know this. You have been in the NBA, you were drafted, you've been in trouble in the same town in Georgia Tech. This is the same area. And now you're out of the league, you're in the D League trying to go back. And so instead of you just like paying a boy to make the drop or the deal, if, if you need to be involved in some. Well, first of all, I know not do a drug involved. deal. Just, well, no, it's no, a dumb. No, movie. I agree. I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. It was just like he's an ex wizard and he just. Just a dumb move. I, I so do you? I mean, is he probably dumb? I mean, have yeah, you he's done. Like he, he'll play overseas, but I think he's. I don't know. Have you heard anything about his condition? I mean, how bad did he get shot? Like I haven't heard. No, anything. I, I don't think there have been any reports. Any reports? Any reports? Like he's okay, we would have heard. You know. All right, what a segue. Let's go to a bus. John Wall was uh, inducted to the uh, some. I don't know. I'm also neg- this is a negative pixel story to me. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It's a manufactured ring of honor. They got him on a bus now. Ovechkin has been honored, but so has Pat Sajak. So is Donald Trump. Tony Danza. Some other uh, Jeff Conine. It's some New York thing. It's basically a New York company puts people on these tourist buses that you see when you come to DC and New York. They've decided to put John Wall on one. The Wizards, and that's fine. I felt it kind of like 
kind of cheesy that the Wizards that the, the Wizards like ce- why they celebrated it like is is this bus gonna still come in DC? Is it still gonna go around like the Duck Bus or the Double Deckers, or is it just like a one time deal photo op? Let's give free publicity to this thing, or did the to this company, or did this company give Wall and Leos's money to do this? I, I don't understand because no it's idea. not a DC company. If you actually look, no, on it's the New thing. York. It's all New York based. <laughs> I have no idea. Like who who cares about this? Why was this a media event? Someone's making money off of it, and it's cool. Like I think it's good for the team branding. Yes, John Wall is on some bus. I don't Portal think, was on the I bus don't think too. these buses tour DC. I've never seen any of the buses with all the celebrities. Yeah, where's the Ovechkin bus? It's Have like, you ever seen the Ovechkin the bus? The other celebrities are like L.L. Cool J, Liza Minnelli, um, you know, all these... Pat Sajak, yeah, for God's sake. Pat Sajak, but can you ride the bus? Can we go ride John Wall's bus? They said he's going to write a special message in his reserved seat for fans. I just don't know. He's, he's on a bus, though, but and that's, that's cool because... I like buses. I ride buses to work. Not necessarily this bus, but Bradley Bill's been on a bus that I've ridden. So, no, no. Um, good, good for Wall. He's on the, the duck bus. bus. The duck bus. Do you like the duck bus? The Did tourist, you see ducks? Yeah, the tourist duck bus. The one that goes like on. Water and land. Yeah, yeah, it's, like water a, land. it's like the G.I. Joe hovercraft. No, if it was a duck company, they're like, hey, we're the D.C. Buck So it's a New York company, basically, the Donald Trump, and I'm not going to go on tangent with Donald Trump. He's like the second one to be nominated. I look, and Tony Danza was nominated. Jeff Conine, like I mentioned, I, so well, random. Tony Danza is a, I would say he's a good nominee. Taxi, he was okay. Who's the boss? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, I was, in, I was in love with Melissa Milano as a, as a preteen in puberty. <laughs> Okay, enough bus and celebrities. John Wall made it. Okay. So, TV coverage. TV coverage. TV coverage of this team. uh, It came out again because this game against the Heat we mentioned was on national TV on ESPN. Uh, The only game which I found bizarre because there hasn't been any preseason games on national TV. And then pretty much the Wizards are only going to be on ESPN, TNT, or ABC five times this season. Now, they do get, and we bitched about this comment before, but but now it's relevant. Uh, they do get, like, six or seven NBA TVs. Yeah, maybe. But, like, nobody watches those. Like, nobody watches those. Like, so, what the hell? Like, they, they get boned off. They get screwed off on Christmas Day again. They were one of the two teams that were dropped from last year. The Lakers were, uh, I think, added again. Uh, John yeah. Wall was asked about it. John Wall was like, well, I guess I'll watch this in the playoffs. I'm used to this. What? I don't understand. John Wall was was the number one vote getter. Here's my point. John Wall was the number one vote getter guard last year. John Wall is pretty. He's Adidas on the thing. He's. I mean, I'm not saying that he is on the level of Durant or Westbrook or Kobe or even LeBron. Like not LeBron, but he's like right there on that next level. And the fact that he that that, that the Pistons have as many games or the Blazers are not going to be very good at all it doesn't make any sense to me. There's. And then there's even Beal. He's throwing Beal as a young, marketable star. I don't get it at all. Is it just happenstance? They didn't give the Knicks as many. They didn't give the Lakers as many. Or though they didn't give the Knicks as many this year. The Lakers still have yeah, it. But they, I get it. Get more like, and, and, and I get it. It's about advertising dollars. Is the market I mean, yeah, shares. There's some... The TV market are better. But it's also, at this point, you're like, okay. Like, there's only... Like, I looked it up. There's, there's going to be like 140 games. On TNT, ESPN, and ABC, and the Wizards have five. It's like it's like it's like three percent, two or three percent. I just feel like John Wall, as this young dude who's the All Star starter, deserves more games than that. Okay, yeah, I, and I'm biased, I, obviously, but I get that. 
and I'm sure it's data driven. I think the national television schedule has made a mistake. The Wizards will prove that. But also, like, I kind of like it because... Ship on shoulder again, John Wall can ride him on his shoes. Yeah, there's the old, like, okay, here's a slight. This is a fashionable thing for, you know, these days for players to have a slight and to to prove people wrong. But also, um, you know, in the past, I've kind of appreciated the national games for a different perspective. Yes, the team gets attention, and actually the cameras always seem better, the angles always seem better. But then again, you know, like, you know, every game that's not on TNT or necessarily ESPN, you, you get a little bit more Steve Buckhans and Phil Chenera. So who who is really going to complain so, about so maybe, that? So maybe we have a little bit more hipster underground vibe. Yeah, like, it, a little yeah. elite pass, a little elite pass love. Like, maybe Twitter is popping a little bit more than your mainstream cat yeah, out there. Get, get a little elite pass love first. <laughs> they still obviously have a rep to earn around this league, so... And I think, the, I think also, I think Dan Seinberg wrote a really good piece today that I'll link in to the show notes of this about how they, there will be, you know, chances to be added games. Yeah. Like, if they do well, they're going to be like, aye. Because we've seen the Wizards get bowed out of games. We've seen the Wizards get added into games. There's and, flex and if they're And, and they're going to totally yeah. get a chance to get flexed in, correct? You know it's funny that Ted Leontis also was very happy about this Dan Steinberg Oh, okay. post. And he, did he like, link it he on the test take? What did he say on test take? I don't know. Cheers to Dan or something like that. Uh, Dan is great. But the, I like the part that Steinberg's post actually references Dan Diamond's. Yes. About his yes. Dan Diamond's post. Yes. You know, who wrote, he, he, you know, the, he wanted to come out. Right when the schedule was released. Yeah, he said. No respect. We're getting disrespected. Totally disrespects the Wizards. And so uh, I like how Dan Steinberg writes. My friend Dan Diamond wrote in an angry post after the schedule was released. Like, I like how he's like, he d- uses friend and then angry in the same context, in the yeah. same sentence. And, um, you know, yeah, it, it disrespects the Wizards. And, hey, who are the Wizards? Again, they're the Wizards. They're the Rodney Dangerfield of whatever Rodney Dangerfield needs to be. The NBA, the Eastern Conference. The internet, that's fine. What I, what I liked of uh, Dan Cyber is how he led with uh, the Wizards and the Clippers are the only two teams in the NBA to be in the second round of the playoffs the last two years. And it's the Clippers and then the the old Clippers of the East, which is yeah. which is the, the old, like how the Wizards were the Clippers of the East. Yeah, I thought the that... The Wizards of the West. It's yeah. very appropriate. I thought that was a really good lead-in. And then he also made, uh, you know, the, the other points about how the Wizards were one of the few teams to get to get screwed up. How, like, they got respect last year having a Christmas Day matinee that we got all excited about. John Wall did that 360. They 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 smoked the hapless nets. Everyone got to see John Wall. I think that really helped his all-star voting, if you want to know the truth. Yeah. that I think that I think that move and that performance, along with his comments that went viral about um, his friend that died, were the two things that I think were, like, that pushed him over to this, this voting thing. You know, aside from him, you know, the team being better, you know, and winning, but I think those are the two things that your national, your average fans like. Yeah, this John Wall guy is pretty damn good. Him and Kyle Lowry, John Wall, <laughs> you know, like Kyrie Irving, John Wall, and I think those are the two things. So that's why that's that's where I get mad that like that the the country can't see a little more John Wall. But but yeah. you're right, man. We underground. Okay. Yeah, speaking of data, country. speaking of Mr. Skinny T, Ted Leonsens, weird headline I see today. I see, and I really had to click it to make sure it was true. Ted Neonson strikes a deal with Michael Jordan and Mark Cuban. And I'm like, what do you mean they strike a deal? Like, a business venture. They do a business venture together. So I click on it. 
and it's a data-driven company that is uh, – well, Ted Leonsen, uh, you know, he dabbles in a lot of things because he's an entrepreneur. He's a, he's, a, he's a mogul. Sport Radar AT. Tech, tech, tech modal, yes. We'll get it. So his revolution is the name of his uh, his um, venture capitalist fund that funds a lot of uh, stuff. They, I think they actually just funded um, – uh, what's, the, what's the sandwich, the, the place in Columbia Heights right there, the Kava? Kava? I think they invested okay. in a bunch of Kavas, actually. I think they even Sweet Green. I think they're in Sweet Green. They helped them like expand. They're helping the brand. So it's not just like techie stuff. Um, this data company. He partners with Cuban and Michael Jordan, and this company something they do data and gambling. <laughs> I found the gambling thing very very suspect. It's yeah, it's a weird. I guess company. Maybe. It's a Swiss company called Sport Radar AG, and I guess two things that. Your boy Skinny T is interested in is drone, <laughs> drones, and making sure they're regulated properly, properly, and we can get a lot of drones in our skies and <laughs> sports legalized sports betting. Which is so very weird to have like, an owner of two teams to, to come publicly out and say that. That's yeah, it's, usually the commissioners, it's, commissioners it's, of leagues, don't like that at all. It, I think they understand where it's going, and that that being against legalized sports betting is only going to hinder their business and they they want to make a profit or they want to make money off of what people are are investing in their business which is gambling so it is smart business to get into so yeah leonsis well explain um, it more it's basically compiles data yeah leonsis jordan and cuban are investing in this data company that fuels like FanDuel, and it, it just and it it's everything's data driven right now and this one has sports data that puts data out there for a lot of stuff and so they're investing in it, kind of knowing that the NBA's Some... current data contract is going to expire next year. So I don't, you know, they're invest. I don't know if he's investing in his own. It all seems very like weird and a conflict of interest, but it also makes sense because you want to. If people are gambling on be a pioneer, business, be a pioneer. If people are gambling on your business, you want to you want to cut of that. Yes. Okay. Um, it feels very mob like, but that's fine. And and. Big data is a thing now, so investing in that is what a smart, smart, you know, businessman and entrepreneur would do. So I, I get it, but it's like you said, it was interesting to see Cuban. And, let's talk about Cuban, Cuban and Jordan. Jordan, Angle. Leonsis, Jordan like, actually gave a quote in the article hoops, too. You know, I was like, how much did they yeah. get him off the golf course, or was he watching like, was he just sitting in his place like playing blackjack somewhere online? Did they actually be like, Jordan, we need a quote, or just some, like Jordan was like, oh yeah, being a part of this thing. Well, no, he said gambling. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. So that's what I found. What I found interesting is that that they didn't shy away from the gambling angle because, in general, since gambling isn't legal, and this company is basically a data company to be fantasy or ESPN or Basketball Reference, like it's just like compiling data of players and of teams. But but basically, they're combining this data because someday a game is going to be legal, and this is why what's what everyone's going to use. And I found that that sometimes it's kind of one of those things where. Kind of similar now to DraftKings and FanDuel. So maybe we can blame them. How it's like, this isn't gambling. This is a different type of gambling. This is how it gets a, this skeets these laws. Whereas like internet poker and online you know, blackjack get, get like booted off by the government. And somehow they've been able to, you know, skate the regulations. What I found interesting, they didn't really hide that aspect. Like they basically were like, yeah, someday it's going to be gambling. And like this company, maybe that's to get more investors in their company. And that's why maybe they were 
not kind of being very more well, like like shady not, about it or not shady but like not as transparent as they were I guess sorry, about even it. if the gambling sports betting doesn't become legal I think they're still investing in a data company when the NBA's data rights to or agreement with whatever so they'll strike those deals up. so it still could be this arrangement that's a good investment because data is whatever but but yeah the gambling part is very is very interesting we'll see how all this I'm I'm for legalized sports gambling if if it means that yes I am regulated too. fine. The I'm the tired of FanDuel and DraftKings commercials though. I hope they all go away. Did you see they're on a DC bus the other day? Oh, they are DraftKings. DraftKings. I can't even listen to a podcast. By the way, we're not sponsored by either of those people. We're not complicit to any of them. Like every podcast I listen to. Uh, but and if you want to, to give us money, I will tell you how much players have to pick. But now a DC bus. Like, now it's on a bus? I can't even go anywhere, dude. I can't no, do I anything. Went, I took Ride a bus? I took the Amtrak to New York. Like on, a on an Amtrak? I, no, went to a station. It's like in New Jersey. The entire station is nothing but a FanDuel or DraftKings, whichever one. It's like, that's that's the seemed like the only advertisement in the entire train station. Dude, it's funny because, like, I played fantasy my whole life and all this stuff, and I have nothing against people that play that stuff. You know, I think the odds are really against you because I have nothing against entertainment value. Someone wants to throw 20 bucks or 40 bucks. I find the the, the way that the company's advertising and they make everyone's going to be a millionaire and they're not really, you know, it's like, I guess it's just like the lottery. I don't think... But the way that the sports media now is so saturated by it, and like these people are trying to give us like real advice, and now there's this this segment sponsored by DraftKings or this one. I'm like, well, where is like your actual, where's your like your analyst, and then where's the one that you're getting paid to do here? You know, like where is this? Yeah. Like where is the the difference? You know, Matthew Barry, by the way, on ESPN, you know, where he does this like sponsored by this, and I don't think that he's being complicit. Like I don't think he's being like. Deceive. He's like not deceiving me, but I'm like, well, where's your advice, or where's this advice that you're getting paid for this this this, this fantasy company? And a lot of it's just like wild west. But what I find to, to finish this topic before we move yeah, on, yeah, we've had ready. What do you think about Leonsis and uh, Jordan in a deal again? Did, did you have any like to me like that headline of like Leonsis who was very instrumental in bringing Michael Jordan on to this disastrous reign of the Kwame Brown era for April and fired him. Ted Leonsis was very instrumental in bringing him on. He was also wanted to keep Jordan. Which, no, he, he's still an NBA owner. He still has money. And he still did you have any Jordan's flashbacks? Name. Do you have any flashbacks? No. Yeah, none? See, no. You flushed all that out of your brain. So I had flashbacks. You're, 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 I'm, I'm more, I keep more things in me, Kyle. I, I wish I had you. I, I, I just thought about that, the, you, those, those you, heroes. You have a lot of emotions yeah, on your sleeve. Yeah, Yager deal. I didn't think you knew that. Uh, Halloween, Kyle. Are you going to dress up? No. Do you dress up? What's, what's, your, what's your favorite costume? I, I haven't in a while. Yeah. Um, and I would. Just thinking about it this year, but I am I'm going to go cover the Wizards game. Oh, you're going to be at the and Wizards not, game. And not that, you know, Halloween night is the only night Friday, you can dress Friday, up. Friday, yes. I have a party Friday and Saturday. I'm, I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, no, you know, it's. I think it would only be something that's coordinated with the wife and we just. She dress up? I mean, she's willing to as well, but I think it's it's one of those things. I think in our minds that like we have to like require planning and come up to something yeah. good, and it's never like oh, we found some party, let's dress up for the hell of yeah. it. Yeah, have you done you a know? good cup couple of costume before? 
No, we have not. <laughs> the only year, the that only year was... Hi, she, Kai, and they're still listening. She and her maid of honor were salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. One year, and I, that was the year I was Deshaun Stevenson's Abe Lincoln frontal neck tattoo. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and so I think that's the last time... God, that, that was a while ago. That's the last time we, we really had dressed up. Yeah. I'm... I'm I'm I mean, you dress up every, every year, year, yeah. Every year since yeah. You were two. I mean, one. I, I, I do remember being He Man. I really, I remember being Incredible Hulk. I remember being Skeleton. I really liked being. Uh, I think it was a Transformer. Uh, as my adult, but I do remember more my adult ages. I've been, you know, everything from Richie Tedebaum to uh, last year I was Jules Barefoot from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, you very pop the the latest a lot of movies, a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will, That's not Halloween spirit. Don't I, be I was Rusty character. the Red Panda. I was Rusty the Red Panda one year. Supposed to be like a, a demon or a ghoul or uh, something. Hips, that's gonna... I was Ryan Lochte the swimmer when the Olympics. That was that was a really good one. I, I just said a bunch of douchebag bro shit. I'm actually gonna be the most. <laughs> Interesting man in the world. Uh, I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Yeah, okay. Jacecki's guy. But the problem is, is that uh, I've always been nervous about putting gray stuff in my hair and my beard, just for obvious reasons. I don't really need to accelerate that losing hair and grayness because I got enough stress doing that on its own, the natural one. And I always reference Seinfeld. I don't know if you remember when Elaine's boyfriend shaved his head and then it wouldn't grow back. And so I always have these feelings. So I've always not wanted to do that because I've been scared. Now, uh, a friend of mine told me the other day I can get chalk and actually just chalk my beard and my hair and frost it, so it will actually wash out instead of actually having to dye it. That so, so that's what it. that's what I'm thinking about doing. So that's what it'd be. Uh, I think you just dye it gray. They're like touch of gray. Wasn't that what like? Uh, that's a good for that song. But no, I'm not. No, there's do that. there's like yes. there are products now that can just give you a little bit of gray, little and touch it out or. Maybe do you, do you have any gray yet, Kyle? I know I you're old. You have plenty of gray. Yeah, plenty of gray. So the reason I bring up, bring up Halloween is that I was at the uh, Wizards event uh, last night that they do an event for the kids at Verizon Center and they go around and they have, it's actually a healthy Halloween. <laughs> they don't even give them candy. They give them like, which the kids don't really care. They're you're young and, they go around the concourse on the fourth level, and it's my second. So like every when you used to get like one, the <laughs> yes, one they give like apple, apples. The one like, like guy like oh apples. shit, a dentist lives on this block. Yes. Get like a mini toothbrush and toothpaste, and the wizards basically gave that out to every kid. No, no, no. You remember when you'd be like, you go to your friends, you'd be like, yo man, what's that house getting done? The cold sack. You'd be like, oh dude, that guy's got the stickers. Oh, that one's giving apples. You'd be like, screw that guy. Well, plus the well. Those days, apples might have a razor. In them. Like these are things. We, these are the problems we. Or you'd be like, or you'd be like the one to be like, you can go in, you can get whatever. You can, they just give the candy bowl out, you can go in and dig out and get like four or five. Now one person would give you like the one, <laughs> like one. You'd be like, who's this guy? Give me this one, like you know. So the, the, wizards, the wizards, the wizards were giving out healthy, healthy, stuff. healthy candy. You know, the the cheaters were there. Uh, there's a feature. There's little stations, the coloring stations. The second year I've covered it. So the, the players that showed up were uh, Mr. Kelly Oubre, okay. Dewan Blair, and Mr. Otto Porter. Uh, they show up. They go around. Uh, Kelly Oubre was dressed up as Urkel. Urkel. Oh, 6'9 Urkel. Very funny. Uh, look, we, we trying to figure out Stephen Urkel, what year the Stephen we Urkel. Were, Family Matters. Kyle, he's 19. Uh, I guessed. I guess earlier, like it went off air at ninety three. Dwan Blair had his uh, young, uh, young daughter. I, I believe she's about a year old. She was dressed up as Ladybug. He was there, and he had like a he was painted. He had shark, like just okay. some shark face paint going on. So he told me he was a shark, and she was a ladybug. Uh, she was really cute, and he was having a good time. And 
But Otto stole the show. Otto was uh, Special K. Harlem Globetrotters had the socks, the fro. Their, uh, I'm going to write a post about this with pictures and videos. I got a chance to interview all three of them. Last year, Otto was a Ninja Turtle. So when I interviewed him, he was like, man, this year I've seen a lot of Ninja Turtles. Like, he was really, I asked him basketball questions. He really had no answers for me. But anytime I asked him anything about Halloween, he's like, man, it's like I should have been Ninja Turtle again this year. I just saw so many Ninja Turtles. I'm like, he's like talking about seeing six-year-old Ninja Turtles because he was, he was Donatello last year. And because he likes pizza. But he was yeah. really, really into the special gay. They, they did a bunch of funny videos of him uh, 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 doing finger rolls. And, and I asked him about the confetti. And I actually did ask him, I was like, is that funny that, you know, remember the Washington Generals and, and you play for Washington now? And he just didn't really have a question for it. Didn't really have an answer, but it was funny. Kelly, first time I got a chance to interview him, Nice kid, actually. He is, actually. He comes across, he's just so young. It's, it's really hard to. So I asked him uh, some funny questions about Halloween. What was, what did he do when he was younger? Uh, he said that he was a ninja a couple times. Uh, he, said that, he said that his neighborhood, everyone had knives on Halloween. It didn't really make any sense. So then he liked Scream, the movie Scream. Dewan Blair told me that he went to one haunted house when he was a teenager. Uh, and got so scared he's never been to a haunted house ever again. Do you like haunted houses? What's the last one you um, do? I went on a haunted hayride. Yeah? Did you go out in Maryland? No, this is back in college. Back in college? No, they're, they're cool. Actually, I, I'm just sort of the guy who, like, tries not to be scared and tries to be all cool at haunted yeah. houses. At least the one I went to in college. But it's, you know, that's how... Legit one. I was supposed to go to the one out in Maryland. My friends took a bus out there last Friday. The, the, like Merkel or Mer- Merkel? It's like out in Germantown. Supposed to be pretty fun. No. Sounds crazy. Sounds crazy. Uh, so let's move on because I know no yeah, one. Well, no, to, mm-hmm. Technically, so we looked up when Family Matters. Yeah, yeah, Family Matters. It went off the air in May 97. So, so. Which I was four years off on that one. Ubre was born in December 95. So he, you know, Two he, years had old. No, he had no clue who's, you know, he wasn't relevant at the time to him, but it shows. Urkel, Urkel's carried on, right? Urkel, Urkel has carried on. Steven, Steven, just like Steven Screech. Just, just like Screech. Hopefully he does not in Porto's like Screech had to go into Yeah, Dustin Diamond. Diamond. His Terrible. Tough ties. Uh, like Jaleel White was in a car commercial the other day, I saw. Really? Yeah, there's like some car commercial, I can't remember what car it is, but, he had like a, a wax dummy Urkel in the <laughs> passenger seat, so he he Urkel was much more relevant than Screech because Screech Dustin Diamond fell off hard, and that's pretty much what we expected of him. Oh uh, yeah, uh, we've we've now reached the, uh, the, the, the 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 deer of this podcast talking about Dustin Diamond's Portos and Stephen Urkel, but uh, we're gonna go back to the Wizards. Uh, this is actually I don't know how we segue into this, but a uh, couple. Should we take a Should we take a break uh, and finish? Break? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's take a break take and a break. finish. All right. Uh, we'll get some We'll get some music going. We'll come right back and uh, wrap this up because we gotta talk about Mr. Flip Saunders. He deserves his own segment, actually. Uh, Flipper, Flipper. We gotta finish this out. Uh, Yeah, he'll get a better one. I got one.
somber somber time uh in the wizards land uh in the basketball community in, in general uh, the outpouring of support and grief uh flip saunders that passed away on sunday uh his battle with cancer very very quick very sudden it was a mixed you know just a lot of emotions that happened uh of a flip you know knowing him in in a way you know, he doesn't. He didn't know who I was. I know he knew you per se, but it was. It's kind of like a coworker, but not really a coworker. And so he liked it. when you see, you know, this finality of of death and and things. It kind of puts it all in perspective of things of you know being critical of him not making the Wizards to win and and him not making all these all these players to work out. And none of that kind of mean, meant anything anymore. It's kind of like, damn, like this guy should not have died in in, in so soon. And I don't know, it was just I had I had weird feelings and emotions, Kyle. Uh, how'd you feel, man? It was it was very sudden because I think a lot of people when they first heard that Flip was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's you know that this is this guy gets good healthcare treatment. They caught it early. He's going to recover, and I think it was really surprising to a lot of people how fast it progressed. And then ultimately, he he passed away at the age of sixty. And and it just for a guy who had a great influence on the game, coach with the Timberwolves forever, had a successful run with the Pistons. Um, after they they won a championship with Larry Brown, he he took over and sort of helped the Pistons stay relevant and then moved on to, to Washington where he did not, you know, achieve any amount of success on the court in the win column. I mean, it was in the, in the big scheme of things, it was a disaster, but that said, what sticks out in my mind the most about Flip Saunders is that he was, you know, I said like, you know, I didn't sign up for this shit. And, you know, he signed up for oh, He gave me some team. real. He gave me the real, he, did he? He was 
certainly earnest and genuine. And he thought he was getting a veteran team and coming in, you know, he took a year and was a television commentator analyst um, after being fired from Detroit. And, you know, he thought the Wizards were going to be a veteran team and that they were going to be an Eastern Conference contender. And I don't think he was sort of equipped or even empowered because um, those were also days driven by the last days of A. Poland. Um, to, you know, I don't think he was able to handle all the various personalities on the team. We know that they start off pretty, pretty poorly before the locker room gun incident. But again, what sticks out in my mind the most is that when things went down, the Wizards suddenly landed the first pick and got John Wall, was how he really embraced the role of wanting to be a teacher. You know, he, the expectations went out the door. Um, he was given this youthful team, some, some of which, you know, included some knuckleheads like Blatch and McGee. But he, he just sort of, you know, he saw this point guard in John Wall, and we just listened to this, the opening press conference. That was John Wall Day. John, yeah. Wall, John Wall Day, the day after he was drafted. And what he has said about Wall in terms of, like, what he can do and, like, be a defender, be a, someone who leads Very prophetic. Game. Uh, all passer. He knew he was getting in such a such a good point guard, and I think he really had a good influence on John Wall's career. He had a a great influence overall in the game, and he certainly will be missed. He went away too early. I do like how the fact you know he never made a the NBA Finals. He made the Conference Finals um, four total times: once with the Timberwolves, four with uh, three times with the Pistons. But he you know he went. He ended his career being able to be that teacher, a teacher of basketball, a guy who came up from the CBA, clawed his way into the NBA, from being a teacher in the Wizards in their rebuilding situation. Although you know he got sort of fired midseason and uh, replaced by one of his one of his guys, Randy Whitman, who's still with the team. Um, but then when he moved on with the Timberwolves, he became team president, helped coach that team, and there certainly have had you know struggling times in the Kevin Love transition. It was real. Great move on Flip's part to get Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins and, you know, and what, <laughs> what, how he's helped turn Minnesota around. So, um, you know, the thoughts go out to his family, his uh, especially his son, Ryan Saunders, who was a assistant coach with the Wizards and continued to stay on under Randy Whitman for a year, after, you know, that year after. Don Zierden as well. Uh, let go. Don Zierden. Sam is Cassell. His, his coaching tree, Sam Cassell. So, definitely rest in peace, uh, Flip. He will be missed. Yeah. I think that you're correct in the sense that I feel like Flip, even though you know he gets fired, he still gets his money, and I would make a lot of cheap-ass comments. I kind of regret now that somehow he would fail upwards. Like Everyone seemed to fail upwards. That he still got to go back to run the T-Wolves. Whitman got to be the head coach, and then Gruffo still was employed. And I made a lot, a lot of comments about, like, all right, so no one really seemed to be held accountable. Now I kind of feel like those are kind of misguided even though I, I like from an emotional standpoint analytically as a human standpoint i'm kind of like that was kind of dick from a, from an analyst standpoint i still stand by those kind of things now it's proven me actually incorrect whitman turned the franchise around grumfeld has made some good moves and flip had the t made the trade with you know bennett didn't work out but wiggins is looking like one of the better young kid young players in the league and and Love is looking creaky, and I don't know, maybe a couple of years he's, you know, his his salary might be an albatross a little bit for, for the Cavs. 
But I think that Flip, as in the teacher standpoint, what I what my main story that I have for Flip is the first press conference that I ever covered for Truth About It Media Pass uh, with your with your with your growing enterprise uh, blogging enterprise that Mister Mister Kawida has founded from a long time ago from his from his apartment and Mount yeah, right. P. Uh, is when I go there and it's 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 after it's all done. So it's it's in 2010. Gilbert is arrest arrested and gone. They've traded Antoine Jameson. They've traded Quan Butler. Traded Deshaun Stevenson. They traded Van Haywood. Uh, they bring in Josh Howard. Andre Blotch is now getting every play. Andre Blotch is doing really well, but the Wizards are not winning. And the first game I go to. Uh, to cover of all time, it was a game, and I don't even remember who they played. Actually, I do have pictures of it. And Andre Bosch doesn't come back into the game, and Flip Saunders comes in. You know, like Bosch goes on local radio after this and disputes this whole this whole thing. But I saw his I saw his demeanor and everything on the bench. He's full of shit. I believe Flip in this comes in the press conference and it's not like he doesn't even doesn't give ass. He literally opening statement doesn't get asked questions like. I've been around this league for blah, 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 many years. I've never had a player do this ever. Goes off as tirade. I'm like, oh, my God. Is this how every press conference is? This is how it all goes down? And like, well, I, yeah, yeah well, like, I refuse to play. Yeah, and he's just – and he's like – it's not even like someone had to be like, yo, what happened with Andre Bosch? Why did he go in? No, he didn't even need a question. He just went in, tears him in. He goes in, of course. He, he Another thing about Flip, where we used to mock him fun, is he, everything, everyone was Kevin Garnett. Good, bad, whatever. He always loved Kevin Garnett, which I think was really funny. I mean, and rightfully so, but everything, everyone was always, he always would find a way to sprinkle a Kevin KG reference into almost any type, of, any type of situation. And he mentioned Kevin Garnett in this situation, and he goes into a whole rant about how he was embarrassed. And, and, and from a wizard standpoint, this was the day that they were trying to get uh, Andre Blotch to be the most improved player of the year. They campaign. handed out flyers <laughs> campaigning for Andre Blotch to be at the most improved player. I mean, they were the saddest looking flyers. They were just like a double sided piece of, you know, Kinko's printed paper. But that very same game, Andre just was himself, ultimately refused to come in. And, 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 and even his flip, as, as in. Later on, he kind of you know backtracked a little bit on his comments, softened a little bit. He didn't sell. Right. He could have really sold Andre out, and that's why I respected him. Now, we know how the Andre Botch situation played out, and this isn't about Andre Botch, but I felt you know the outpouring of his players, the Wizards players, even uh, Shakur, who barely was even on Stop the team. Shakur. He was like, he gave Flip gave me yeah. a chance. I was like, that wouldn't surprise me, you know. And you had you know Booker and Singleton and. I don't know if Yawn said anything by chance. I, I haven't checked, but you know, even Jabelle says some stuff. You know, Wall. You and know. Sean Livingston was yes, one, one of the guys that, who oh. really got a chance. Yes, he he literally time. resurrected his career for and, sure. Yeah, I mean, certainly Livingston had a little bit of play with the Thunder since his you know devastating knee injury with the Clippers, but he really was given this chance under Flip Saunders, a guy known for handling point guards well. At the end of that 2009-2010 season, to resurrect his clear and his career, and it led to a contract with the Bobcats. So he, he was, he and was then even, ended up yeah. the Nets, and then ended up uh, on uh, the champions. You guys tell. So so what I felt that the reason I told you that story about Andre Bloch is that I felt that this comment from Andre, who's now in China, out of the league, about his passing, I felt was very heartfelt from Andre Bloch, who by the way has always been a good person. 
Uh, obviously, me and Kyle have gotten a lot of fights over the years about Andre Blatch. As a player, I probably was the last person that gave him a chance. It's here nor there that's really relevant to this conversation. But Andre's, like, is very human. And it was kind of mature. I finally found some maturity of Andre. So this is what Andre put. No, this is unreal. A dent in my heart for sure. We hardly seen eye to eye in person because I was young and prideful. But behind closed doors, I would tell everyone he was one of my favorite coaches. I'm so sad, even mad. I didn't get a chance to tell him what he really did for me. 452, 452 twist was my favorite plays. If forever be drilled in my head. My prayers go to you and your family. I'm so sorry. And, and, and I felt that, like, that, that said it all. Like, only it was like, of course, this is misspelled a little bit and it's on Instagram, but whatever. Like, it was just like, yo, dude, I'm sad. Shit, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Man, you were kind of the people that believed in me. I'm kind of maturing a little bit, a little basketball love, and I'm sorry for your family. And, and I just felt it was one of I the mean, best things. That was a nice thing for Andre to do um, I guess no longer does he have to tell everyone that Flip was one of his favorite coaches behind closed doors yes 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 you know he should have maybe said it to him. yeah I think it, it was good to see the players remembered him well again he was a guy who cared about teaching players and you and I both saw that up close whether we were covering practices or you know how we saw him on the sidelines he dealt with some he dealt with a tough situation, but he probably handled it, you know, as a veteran coach, better than a lot of others could have. No, I mean, I mean, I also felt that, like, I mean, what other situation do you have where you get fired and your son stays on? And then yeah, stay, your son stays, stays with on. Your, yeah. your hand-picked number one assistant, which is, you know, Randy Whitman. Uh, you know, I think when he came back a couple, you know, he visited last December. You covered that game, right? Of the Timberwolves. And, you know, he kind, of, he kind of took, he appreciated the fact that while he was gone and that situation didn't go well, that he still helped have an influence on the Wizards franchise. And I'll, I'll remember, I was looking up the other day, I did a post when he first was hired as coach and I went to some like preseason or ticket holder event. And I remember he told this, um, he told this parable, and I need to go like double check my my notes. But it was um, well, one was about wow, two thousand nine June two thousand nine. One was about Kevin Garnett, how he claims that he and McHale, you know, that it was a four person draft. It was uh, Antonio McDyess, Joe Smith, Jerry Stackhouse, and Rasheed Wallace. Oh Jesus! And he and McHale, he claimed that he and McHale brought Garnett in for a workout thinking that they would boost his stock and someone else would take Garnett and one of those other four guys would slip to the Timberwolves. Oh. But then during the workout, he's like, you know, as they saw Garnett work out, I was like, shit, we better hope he doesn't. <laughs> you know, we better hope no one else picks him because we want to we wanna draft Garnett. So, um, like you said, he referenced a lot to Kevin Garnett and it, that was sort did of you a see, hallmark. I mean, of I mean, I'm sorry, did you see Garnett's Garnett had a picture? Great, he had a great um, Instagram post. He, he did pose in front of Flip Saunders' like his parking space, which like where else would you pose? I guess, but I almost would have rather like as you know his name tag or something be on the court. Yeah, because that's where you know he did his work on the basketball court. But, I, but what I read is that he left when he left practice immediately. He found the news and went right to his parking spot. It was yeah, it was very touching from Garnett, especially Garnett, he, the guy that surly guy that doesn't you know. 
keeps his emotions well, and all he, that. He's fairly on the court, but he's yeah. always like a, he's one of those guys who's really different off the court. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think there are so many good memories of Flip Saunders, even if his time in DC didn't work out. And even if we know him from the famous quote, don't think it can't get any worse because it can. Correct. Um, I think the, that's still like a word that, that extends past basketball. Like that's something to think about in your life and always have a perspective. And I know when people pass away, it sort of, it you know continues to bring perspective to our own lives. And, and what we want to do is just appreciate who Flip Saunders was. And I think we... Um, what he did for John Wall and the, the franchise helping turn around when a lot of things were out of control, um, that was that was a situation that he handled better than others could have. Yeah, and I, th- I think that even in when he got dismissed, and I mentioned the part about his, you know, his son staying on and and Zierden and Cassell and his staff members staying in place, and he kind of felt I think like. Oh, like the Wizards go on and reach the playoffs. Like he mentioned, like I want to win a championship, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, he's we open it up like I want y'all to win a championship day, and maybe you know I hope for God y'all want to win the championship. And if he doesn't, Dave, I think Flip Saunders kid gets a little credit for this. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. delay those issues. I mean, even Jordan Crawford says some quotes about him. I mean, I mean there 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 was there was players that I felt that was instrumental, and then also. Even if people, basketball people, were talking about his like influence of like offense and data and his communication and and, and just all, like stuff that I didn't even think about because I'm just been in this Wizards world like like my like to me it was like Flip Saunders was the first coach I ever interviewed in the NBA on a regular basis like I was thinking about like all these times I'm trying to think about like these moments I had with Flip Saunders. And I was just like, he never really, I mean, who the hell am I? You know, I'm just some blogger dude asking some stupid ass questions about whatever. And he never, he never said anything derogatory towards me. I know he used to dress you by name. I know you had more of a relationship with him because you were around a little bit more than I was. But he always like had this respect towards everyone, even when it would be a stupid ass question. And I always would appreciate that. Because sometimes some dude would ask some dumb ass question next to me like, man, yeah. tell this guy off. And he never really would. And I was respected of that as someone who was like kind of growing. And, and Ivan Carter uh, put on his Facebook the other day about how he was, said he was a young reporter in, in the T Wolves, and, and he asked some dumb question. He took him aside. He's like, "No, hey, young guy, like you got to do this." And he that's what his his memory of Flip Saunders was, and and I thought that that was uh, that kind of really epitomized he, he him. He was a teacher. Past basketball. Past basketball. So. And and shout out to his family uh, and and the Subway, man. I might have to eat Subway tomorrow, even though I don't like Subway. Subway. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to us ramble uh, forever. It is, you know, th- we, we're going to end on, we're ending on a somber note, but we appreciate your support. Uh, go to iTunes, say a bunch of negative stuff about us, say we're awesome, tweet at us. Uh, Kyle, what we got going up on the site? And we got three games coming up. Any previews for anyone? I think we're get, trying to get our, our collective predictions up and posted, and then otherwise we're just getting to the season. I'm, we certainly have some more player reviews to finish, um, but yeah, we're just ready for the game to start. And they do three games, four nights, three and zero, three and zero. Next time we do a podcast, we're three and zero, and I'm just I'm just like talking trash about everything. Two and one. Two and one. All right. Two one. All right. All right. I'll take it because uh, I am the most interesting man in the world. Thank you so much for uh, on Halloween. On Halloween. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, Kyle, I got the last word, man. 
What you got? Last words? Yeah. Let's get wizard. Go Wiz. Well, I've always said once that you, you point guards are not made or delivered from heaven. And I believe that he was delivered from heaven. I've had a lot of great point guards, but I think he's going to be the best. Point guards are not made or delivered from heaven. And I believe that he was delivered from heaven. But I think he's going to be the best. And I believe that he was delivered from heaven.